Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. There are times that the Bible reads like a novel. At other times, it sounds like poetry and still others when it reads like a history book. God has used a variety of writing styles to communicate his truth to us. Today on Drawing Near, Luke writes like the historian he is. Although it should not be necessary, his historical details serve to reinforce our confidence in the accuracy of what we read. So open your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 3 as we explore crying in the wilderness. And as we get ready for today's study, let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, your holy word, and your living word, Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you that you have seen fit in your grace and mercy to reveal yourself to us through the Bible. And I ask, Father, that we would have understanding of what we read. I pray, Father, that you would give us guidance, wisdom, discernment, that you would increase our faith in what we read knowing that what we read is your truth. Thank you for writers like Luke, who through a variety of means were inspired by your Holy Spirit to deliver this message to us. Guide us in our study today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. As we begin chapter 3 of the Gospel of Luke, let's begin reading in verse 1. Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip was tetrarch of the region of Itreria and Trachonitis, and Licinius was tetrarch of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. Having read all of that, we're not going to go into historical detail regarding all of these individuals, nor the districts or the geography of where they reigned and served. Suffice it to say that Luke uses this record to help us understand the timeline in which John the Baptist becomes the voice of one crying in the wilderness. As I mentioned before in the introduction, this kind of information serves to give us confidence that what we're reading is historical. It's not a storybook. It's not fiction. It's true. It happened in a real person's life, John, during a time period that we can go back and research and verify was real and accurate historical. And we get an idea that John was roughly about 30 years old, going from the time when he was born till now, looking at the historical record of when Jesus was born and referencing it against this information, we have now from John's birth to now about 30 years. So we're told at the end of verse 2, the word of God came to John the son of Zacharias in the wilderness. John now is inspired by the Holy Spirit. God's word has come to him, much like it did with Ezekiel or Jeremiah or Isaiah. The word of God has come to John in the wilderness. John wasn't living in the city. John wasn't living in populated areas. He was out in the deserted places in the wilderness. And that's where the word of God came to John. And we're told in verse 3, And he came into all the district around the Jordan, 
preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. John moves from the wilderness into the area around the Jordan River. That's pretty much the center of Israel. It's in between the region that is north, Galilee, and the southern part, Judea. And so John is centrally located, and he's near the Jordan River where he's going to do a lot of baptizing. That's why we call him John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. We don't call him Baptist because that was his denominational affiliation. He was a baptizer. He baptized individuals for repentance or the forgiveness of sins. That's what we're told in verse 3. We need to acknowledge something here. God is always dealing with mankind with regard to their sins. God hates our sin. Our sin separates us from fellowship and a relationship with God, and our sin condemns us. In order for us to be saved, in order for us to have a relationship with God, repentance is necessary. And repentance is turning away from our sin, leaving the path of sin that we are on, and turning around and coming to God, coming to faith in Jesus Christ and following him. John is preaching a baptism to Israel that represents repentance, turning away from their sin and accepting the forgiveness of their sins. It must be stated, we cannot come to God through faith in Jesus Christ and remain in our sin. So many people get this wrong. So many people think that they can just pray a prayer, get baptized, do some religious things, and everything's fine. Repentance is necessary. We must turn away from our sin and come to God. If we do not turn away from our sin, then we haven't come to faith in God. Now, this doesn't mean we never sin, but what it means is we've turned our back on sin. When we are tempted, when we fail, we repent, we confess, and we return to God. That's what we're supposed to do. And so John comes preaching Not just Jesus Christ or the Messiah is coming, he's preaching about sin, and preaching should be about sin. And he's preaching that sin is wrong, it separates us from our God and our Creator, and we need to turn away from it and receive forgiveness of sins. He was doing all of this according to verse 4, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. John was fulfilling prophecy from Isaiah. He was also fulfilling prophecy from Malachi chapter 3. The Isaiah prophecy said, He is the voice of one crying in the wilderness. What is he crying? Make ready the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every ravine will be filled, and every mountain and hill will be brought low. The crooked will become straight, and the rough road smooth, and all flesh will see the salvation of God. He came preaching these words because he came as a messenger, preparing the people for the coming of the Messiah. He literally was out crying that everyone needed to get their spiritual house in order because the Messiah was coming. And when the Messiah came, he was going to bring about radical change. He was going to declare the truth of God. And then, as we know today, through his death, burial, and resurrection, He was going to pave the way for his return, his second coming, in which he will come 
completely judge sin and reconcile all of creation with the righteous and holy God, his Father. That's what John came to preach. He came to preach the Messiah is coming, and the Messiah hates sin, and the Messiah is going to judge sin, and he's going to pay for sin. All of these things are wrapped up in John's message, and it's amazing. Listen to what Malachi chapter 3 says regarding John the Baptist. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver, that they may offer to the Lord an offering in righteousness. Both the Isaiah prophecy and the Malachi prophecy concerning the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, reveal how the Lord Jesus Christ is going to come and deal with sin. He's going to purify. He's going to cleanse. He's going to straighten out the crooked roads. He's going to bring down the mountains and the hills. All flesh will see the salvation of God. God hates sin. And John the baptizer came preparing people's hearts for the Messiah and the Messiah's message and the Messiah's ministry, ultimately his death, burial, and resurrection. Today as believers, we ourselves need to turn away from our sin. We need to make sure that we have repented, confessed it. We're told in 1 John chapter 1 that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confessing is not simply saying, I'm sorry. Confessing is agreeing with God about our sin, its evil, destructive nature and how it separates us from God and how it condemns us before God and accepting his provision for our sin in Jesus Christ. We need to know that today. We need to be ready because Jesus not only has come, but he's coming again. And when he comes again, every eye shall see him. Praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord that we have the truth of God's word that we can trust. And we have the promise of God's word that just like he fulfilled prophecy in John the Baptist and in the Lord Jesus Christ, he's going to fulfill the prophecy regarding the Lord's return. And when the Lord returns, the graves will open up and all those who sleep in Jesus will be raised from the dead, resurrected, and we will forever be with the Lord. Praise the Lord for that message. I hope you're ready for that. If not, trust in Jesus Christ. Confess your sin and embrace the salvation that comes only through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for all of your word, your word that warns us against sin, that tells us of the salvation that we have in Christ, that teaches us how to live holy and godly, acceptable in your sight, how to please you. Thank you for your holy word. And Father, may your word abide in our hearts and lives and guide and direct us along with the work of your Holy Spirit that indwells believers. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, who is the seal and guarantee of our salvation. May we live in a right fellowship with him. 
It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.